Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Hey everyone, this is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Welcome to the Euro K Mental Fitness Studio. I would like to thank our sponsors, Ned Siegfried, Luke Peterson, and Todd Bradford with Siegfried and Jensen, Mark Richards with Wasatch Recovery, Colby and McKenzie with Thread Wallets, Drew Peterson with First Digital, Greg Jackson with Mountain West Spine and Orthopedics, and Travis Whitaker, the owner of Living Recovery Interventions. And also, I'd like to give a shout out to Paul Cardall. The music that you hear at the beginning and the ending of these episodes is by Paul Cardall. He's an amazing person, and he's been one of my heroes for years. So thanks to all my sponsors and Paul Cardall for believing in me. I love you guys so much. Please enjoy this next episode. We are back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Uh, like I said, thank you to all the sponsors that I just mentioned, and thank you guys for tuning in and for believing in me. This has been such a, an amazing experience over the last five or six years in doing this. Uh, I get to meet with some amazing people. Today is no different. I'm working with a with a colleague of mine, Megan Smart Ralph. Megan, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yes, I've. Uh, <laughs> I've known Megan for actually longer than I thought, right? <laughs> right uh, she used to right. play with my daughter at, our, at my house when she was, how old were you guys? Me and Kennedy knew each other. Oh man, I we went <laughs> to school together from first grade till sixth grade. So all of elementary yeah. school. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even realize that until <laughs> later and you told me that. I thought, oh wow. Right, hope yeah. I, I hope I was nice to you. The first time <laughs> I meet you, it's Kennedy's dad. And now it's like, oh, now we work together. It's yeah. great. So <laughs> yeah, we work together for uh, a few years now. Mm -hmm. And you, you're currently one of our therapists here. You're a certified social worker. Right. And uh, you're, you're an amazing person. Um, we were, I was talking about this before we got on, but I love the way you carry yourself, um, the way you treat people, the way you just, um, you love life, you're happy, and you really do a great job with these clients that we're working with who are really going through some hard times, mm -hmm. right? Right. But uh, a little background on you. You, uh, you have five siblings and... Mm -hmm. You're the youngest, and yeah. there's a big gap between the I'm next the, one. I'm is the caboose. How many, yeah. like, how many years is the? 12, 12. years. 12. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yep. yep. My you. mom calls me a extra special surprise. <laughs> so. I like that. Extra yep. special for sure. <laughs> well, so you played uh, soccer, and, and you ended your career on the collegiate level. Mm -hmm. that, that says a lot about you. That's not an easy thing to do, and that's, that's, that's a pretty amazing. You graduated with your bachelor's in psychology with a certificate of applied positive psychology from mm -hmm. the University of Utah. And then you quickly jumped into social work, uh, the program at UVU, right. during which you endured a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. You experienced a pregnancy. <laughs> you welcomed your firstborn while all still managing to graduate at the top of her class. Again, I forgot to mention, very smart. Uh, <laughs> and her name, it's actually in her name. So, <laughs> um, But that that's really cool. You have a mm -hmm. You know, just a deep love and connection with relationships you with those around you, um, especially your husband Devin mm -hmm. and your new daughter. Yeah, she's beautiful, by the way. She's oh, such a beautiful. She's my girl. So there's a lot to talk about here. Um, why don't we start, Megan? Tell us about being the caboose and yeah. and being the youngest of uh, you know all your all siblings my, and all yeah. that stuff. Talk about that. Um. So I grew up 
it was i have a weird dynamic but it's one that i wouldn't change for the world but mm. it's one that i've had to kind of come to terms with in a roundabout way okay um all of my siblings i love them dearly i am blessed to have a relationship with all of them and a unique relationship with all of them um but growing up yeah i i was kind of being raised by my siblings while also yeah. being a sibling so it's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of weird but sure. i I feel like it made me grow up faster and it kind of made me realize what was important because if I mm. wanted to have a relationship with them, I mean, they were off doing what they wanted to do. Right, so if yeah. I wanted a relationship with them, I had to, I had to make it happen. Put the effort into doing that. Mm -hmm. So how were you as a, as a kid? Were you, <laughs> you know, the soccer player kind of athletic type or what, what were some of the things you were into? I, I, I've played soccer for as long as I can remember. I still play soccer. I still have that itch that I scratch and I <laughs> will go play indoor and it, it does the job. But as a kid, I, I just love to like have fun and be around mm -hmm. my friends. I, at recess, I was doing anything I could do. Like I was trying to make as many friends as I could be around as many people as I could, just cause I, yeah. I loved having that connection and that sense of like community. I didn't know it at the time that that's right. what it was, but I yeah. loved just being around people. Okay. Yeah. And you can tell that just with you here, you know, <laughs> you definitely love people and you love helping people. That's why you're really good at what you do. So maybe what, what are some of the, maybe some of the struggles growing up, uh, you know, that you maybe gone through, mm -hmm. you know, we all have our struggles, right? But what were right. some of the things that you kind of, kind of wrestled with and endured? Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny that you bring this up because I mean, we were talking, I'm moving soon. So I was going <laughs> through like old journals that oh, I yeah. found and I found one last night and it was from a like from my childhood, like a time in my life where a lot was happening and not necessarily like great things, like more trials than anything. Yeah. And during middle school, it was like trial after trial. I felt like it mm. was, I was sexually assaulted at school. Oh, wow. And it was, it was such a weird thing looking back on it now because I felt like everyone, I'd say everyone, and it was more just like the people that I thought were most important to me kind of turned against me and got mad at me for creating this situation that I felt like I was doing the right thing. Right. But in my mind, like the world, my whole world was altered because all of my friends were now mad at me for something that I had no control over. And so that was going on. Yeah, wow. So I switched schools to get away from all of that yeah. while switching schools. I remember so vividly one day I was laying on the couch and Wendy was living with us at the time. Okay. Um, she, was talking to my mom and like the way the couch was organized, you can't see me laying down. So she's talking to my mom and all I remember her saying is like, what about Megan? Like she's only 14. Mm. And in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, one of my parents is dying. Yeah. So it oh, like, I sat up and I was like, what is going on? And I ran outside cause my mom was crying. And so mm. it just didn't sit well with me. Yeah, right. I'm in my Hello Kitty pajamas, <laughs> like <laughs> sobbing on the curb, like just, had no idea what was going on, but trying to make sense of what I had heard. And Wendy comes out and puts her arm around me and kind of explains that, hey, mom's sick. Mm. We don't know how serious it is yet, oh, but man. this is what's going on. And just my life was like altered. Yeah. Long story short, like my mom is just fine now. Like she's healthy as Thankfully, healthy as yeah. she can be. Yeah, she's wonderful and like best case scenario. But at the time I thought I was losing my mom and my mom yeah. was like my best friend. She Boy. still is. So yeah, it was mm -hmm, a lot to handle. Absolutely. Quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, so when you switch schools because mm -hmm. of what happened at the, uh, you know, junior high is a minefield, isn't Oof. it? I mean, you're, yeah. everyone's trying to, we're all just, we're clueless and we're mm -hmm. trying to figure ourselves out. But 
was that a, I mean, I would imagine that was not only tough, but were you going through like, were you feeling like depressed or sad mm-hmm. and those kind of emotions? Absolutely. I, I mean, I had, I, I felt like I had no friends, like in this journal that I found, I think uh-huh. I wrote, like, it's so weird to be mm. a part of a school that has 1500 kids and feel so alone. Oh my so I That's just, nice. I remember coming home from school and just crying in my room. Cause it was like, I didn't know what to do to make it right. Cause here wow. I am hurting from the situation, yeah. but also hurting that I, I yeah. don't know how to fix it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, and, and think about it. I mean, friends at that age means everything. Everything. And it yeah. does feel probably as very lonely, mm-hmm. you know. Um, wow. So um, you switch schools, though, and you obviously, thankfully, your mom's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you go on to high school, and you. I'm, I'm assuming you played high school soccer and that kind of thing. So what was high school like? I didn't oh, play you high didn't. school soccer. Oh, excuse me. Well, I did my I freshman just assumed. year. Yeah. <laughs> I did my freshman year, but then I transferred to Corner Canyon and then I transferred to Alta. So transferring around doesn't Uh, make for easy playing sports. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dang, I didn't realize Mm -hmm. that. So so you transferred what why were you transferring? Is it just (sighs) again just struggling with those things? Right. So I transferred to my home school, like where I would have gone to school. Okay. And thinking that everything would have blown over, kids would be nice again. Sure enough it was not the case. If anything, Mm, I felt like it was much worse. Like I just felt like I could not get on the good side of everyone and I was doing everything and I just kind of exhausted myself. My house was getting egged. I was like, (laughs) I didn't know what to do. So I, I had one solid friend at Alta that I was like, if I go there, I'll have him and it will be fine. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, Alta was like the place for me to be. So that's where I went. So that had to have been really difficult as mm-hmm. well. I mean, again, yeah. you're, it's like a reminder of what you were struggling with in the first right. place. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you handle that? I mean, <laughs> yes, you transferred schools because mm-hmm. you're like, okay, this is, this is an option that will be better. Right. But I mean, how are you dealing with that as a kid? I mean, because I think a lot of people listening to this will can probably relate mm-hmm. because of what they maybe went through. Right. I don't think I did deal with it until mm. like much later when it all okay. kind of caught up with me. I kind of just put on a brave face because I was like, if anybody knows that I'm struggling with this, it gives them more reason to gang up on me. It's how I felt. That's the story mm-hmm. I told myself yeah. anyway. Yeah. And so I just went about my life, tried to be as nice to everybody as possible because I wanted them to be nice to me too. Like I just kind of followed the golden rule, you know, treat yeah. everybody how you want to be treated. And that's yeah. kind of just how I went about it. And I had friends, but I always kind of felt like I was like on the outside or the backup friend, but I just did my best and I I loved high school once I got to Alta I enjoyed it but I don't know <laughs> I just did my best yeah. really so and then was your plan in your mind though that you still wanted to play soccer knowing that hey maybe I'll try out right and hopefully you know make the team in college and that mm-hmm. so obviously talk talk about yeah. that a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> so soccer was another struggle you know I would find a team and I would love that team and I would do well on that team and we or the, and then the team would split up or we'd go separate ways or they'd want to go to a different club. And I kind of was like trying to hold on to anything community wise that I could have. Um, and so I remember my senior year, like I, I was desperate to play soccer. That's what I wanted to do as my dream. And so I had, um, the intention of going down to Dixie, which is now Utah tech, but I was yeah. going <laughs> to go play soccer down there and live with my brother and have that whole thing work out and for whatever reason it just 
like actually what it was is I had a game one day and it was like one of my last games and I was like this is like my last chance to really like find a recruiter and the coach from Slick came to the game and was telling us that he's trying to put together a team because it's going to be the first like um first team at Slick that's like um yeah in their what what was I don't even remember what it's called but like their JUCO like the SWAC was what it was swag yeah (laughs) super cool yeah Yeah. (laughs) so he's like giving a spiel and I was like for whatever reason I felt like that was the move for me um and so I remember I played one of the best games of my life that game I walked off the field and I was like I'm the coolest like (laughs) and that doesn't happen often but I felt like yep I showed up I did my best and sure enough he was like yep come play for me so it was an answer to my prayers in a weird way Yeah. yeah was probably kind of even validated because of all the struggles you had gone through Mm -hmm. people you know not liking you that kind of stuff but that had to felt so good Mm -hmm. that even though you showed up and you shined right despite the struggles that you had been going through Mm -hmm. because you easily could have said i'm not trying out because no one likes me that same kind of (laughs) story Mm -hmm. right but that's that's a really cool thing that you Mm -hmm. actually were willing to do that yeah vulnerability right vulnerability very cool Mm -hmm. so you know, before we get into what you're doing now and all the great things you're doing, what do you see, like, you know, obviously being a girl growing up, mm-hmm. what do you see that these young girls are struggling with that you can relate to? And even the clients that you even deal with to this day, what are you, what are you seeing? Oh, so much. Being yeah. a girl, being a girl is so hard. I, know, I <laughs> always say I'm glad I'm a guy. <laughs> but there are unique struggles that women endure and it's like not an easy feat, but um, so before I worked here, I worked at a middle school, elementary school and high school, okay. and I worked with kids really. So mm-hmm. the girls that I would work with, especially, and I coached on the high school soccer team and body image. Oh my gosh. Mean girls like mm-hmm. in social media adds a whole nother taste to that, that yeah. I was kind of on the cusp of, right. but now it's so it's blown out of proportion where like any insecurity that you have is like magnified times 10. So if you have like a crooked tooth, it's more than just a crooked tooth. If you have like any sort of little thing. And and you're saying because of social media, mm -hmm. it's just magnified it even more because it's always an issue. It Mm -hmm. has been, it seems like, but you're saying because of social media, you see more, Mm -hmm. just it's more intense, I guess. Yeah. And there's, there's another element of bullying now that like you can hide behind a screen. So people get mean and Mm -hmm. it gets harsher now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you were kind of at the beginning stages of that when you were at that age Mm -hmm. um, or that time in your life. So how did, how does, how do these girls combat that? Because I I think it's almost probably universal. It seems like most girls struggle with their body image. Mm -hmm. Guys do too. Right. Not to say we don't. I've, I've had my Mm -hmm. issues with myself (laughs) growing up, but how do you, what do you do? Like, what, is there any solution to any of this? Mm. I, I'm still working on it to be totally transparent. Like I have my yeah. days where I come home and I'm like, I look like I just ate nothing but cookies for <laughs> 10 days straight. And sometimes that might be true. I love cookies, but <laughs> right. like, it's yeah. so hard to like look in the mirror and not like how you look. But I tried my best to live by this quote. It's, um, the least interesting thing about you is your body. Mm, like when you are trying or when you're describing somebody or trying to like if I were to tell you about any woman the last thing I would describe or say about her is her body or I guarantee that if you were to go talk to someone about me you would talk about my body so I have to constantly remind myself that the least interesting thing about me is how Mm. I look 
Wow. There's so much more to a person than what is just on the outside. It goes so much deeper than that. And I think that's something that I have to keep on the forefront of my mind. That's something I tell my clients to keep on the forefront of their mind is that how you look is the last thing that people think about you. Yeah. I love that. The The least interesting thing about me is my body. Mm-hmm. Wow. I like that. I've never heard that before. And I, mm-hmm. I love that. So how, what, I mean, this is a big question. I know what I'm going to ask. We're kind of taking a little detour here, but bring what, it on. <laughs> what can, what can a parent do with who has girls? Um, mm-hmm. I had three girls growing up right. and I did my best as a dad to try to make them sure that they, Hey, you're perfect as you are. That kind yeah. of thing. We, you know, I did my best. I'm yeah. sure I screwed up here and there, but, um, <laughs> how dare you? Yeah, I know. How do you, what is, what would you say a parent could do who may be listening yeah. to this right now that they could maybe help their daughters that are struggling with that? I think honestly, just talking about it, I think there's such a taboo thing of like, you don't want to make it worse by shedding light on it, but so mm-hmm. you're just going to kind of avoid it with a lot. That's how it is with a lot of things, but also just, not making the body image the main topic of conversation like compliment them on their intelligence compliment them on how hard they worked on this assignment compliment them on just about anything other than how they look because if that's all they're getting attention for that's all that's going to matter to them you know right that's interesting you say that because i won't mention which daughter of mine said (laughs) this but uh I'd always, you know, tell her, you're so beautiful, you're so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I thought as a dad, I'm doing the right thing here, right? right? It wasn't until she was older, she said, you know, that put a lot of pressure on me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it did? What do you mean? (laughs) You're beautiful. You know, in my eyes, you're the most beautiful (laughs) thing ever. But I didn't realize the pressure because she she took it as, well, I've got to make sure I'm always beautiful, I guess. Right, yeah. But as a dad, I wasn't, that was my intent. Mm-hmm. And, and it was just an eye opener for me. Like, wow, it's interesting how they can take words or phrases and mm-hmm. you think it's the right thing, but they're Absolutely. taking it differently. I didn't realize that. Right. So I think communicating more on a uh-huh. authentic level and, st- mm-hmm. you know, instead of always saying you're so beautiful, it's like, <laughs> Hey, you know, you are, yeah. you're one of the smartest kids I, I mm-hmm. know, or that kind of thing. Yeah. And even like I've talked to the clients about this frequently, just when you have a kid, kids are so much more intelligent than we give them credit for sometimes. Yeah. If you ask your child what they need, nine times out of 10, they're going to tell you. Like mm-hmm. If they're feeling yeah. left out, if they feel like their friend is leaving them out or they're having a hard time at school, they're not feeling smart, like they will tell you what they need. And so when they tell you, give that to them. Like if they need to feel like they're intelligent, compliment them when they're doing things that show their intelligence. Yeah. Because when you're, it's kind of like the love languages, right? Like yeah. if they need something and you're giving them something else, it just doesn't add up. No, that's good advice. I like that a lot. Well, we mentioned, you know, you've, the last couple of years, you've been very busy with a lot of things <laughs> going on in your life. Right. But before we get to that, what, what made you decide, like you knew that maybe, hey, I want to be a therapist and help people in that area. Mm-hmm. What made you kind of go down that road? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I? <laughs> no, I, I have forever as long as I can remember wanted to be in a career where I am helping people Mm -hmm. so before I wanted to be a therapist I wanted to be a special education teacher like I've just always had this I hate to say calling but kind of like calling to be in the service of my fellow people because I know how hard it is to be a human being in this world like so if I can put my struggles aside and help somebody or relate to somebody with what I've been through I feel like that's like how much better of a life can you live than when you are connecting with people and helping them be better while also bettering yourself. Yeah. And that's kind of when you knew, Hey, I want right. to maybe go into that area. Well, so or interesting the- enough in that journal I found the other night, like oh, I man. was, I talked about how in junior high, I think I was in, let's see, probably like eighth grade. 
I heard about this girl who was struggling with like an eating disorder and it kind of you know gossip in junior high school so I took it to the guidance counselor and I was like can I sit down with her and just let her know that I am here for her and like want to be her friend and I think honestly that was the first time that I really like loved the therapy setting because I kind of got to sit in on him doing therapy with her and I was like oh this is cool how did you talking to her all cool like let me do that yeah Yeah. (laughs) great but I just loved the feeling that I got after of like I'm I can be there for her I can be her friend yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, so you've always been nice. It seems like, I mean, seriously, you're one of the nicest people I've ever met. Oh, um, I mean that, honestly. Thank that's you. really cool that you had that, mm-hmm. that, you know, part of you that says, hey, I want to help this girl, mm-hmm. you know, at that age. A lot of kids wouldn't say that. Yeah. You know, they might think it, but to yeah. actually go follow through sure. with it, it's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So let's talk about these last couple of years. You've been through a lot. Let's do it. You, you had a miscarriage. Um mm-hmm. But then you got pregnant again. You got a beautiful daughter, which we talked about. You're yeah. married now and, mm-hmm. you know, you're getting into a new home in a few weeks. Yeah. And you got a lot going on. <laughs> Bring so it on. Yeah. Talk about else. that challenge because I know how I I just witnessed just watching you talking about it. Mm-hmm. Not not to me, but to other people about yeah. how scared you were when you were pregnant with your mm-hmm. your current daughter. Uh, Lila. Luella. Luella. Yes. I was way off. No, you're good. <laughs> there's, Luella. We got, we got there's a lot another of Lila. There's another yep. Lila. That's where it is. Yep. So... But I know how nervous you were, like, oh, yeah. my gosh. And so talk about that experience. Whew. Okay. So I'm going to touch on my miscarriage because I feel like yeah, that please. is, that was a one of my life-altering moments. I So Devin and I, Devin's my husband. He's the love of my life. Love him so much. Yeah. We got pregnant beginning of 2021 and we were ecstatic. Like we were like, yeah. woo, you know, like, <laughs> cause we had just barely decided that we wanted to start trying. We try get pregnant. And we're like, okay, cool. It, it was meant to be, that you was know? Easy. Yeah. <laughs> what are people talking about? This is a piece of cake. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, and then, so we had gone through the process of telling like all of our close family and friends that we were pregnant and we were really excited and starting to like really picture our life with a, with a child. Yeah. Um, and I, I was playing indoor soccer. Devin and I were on a co-ed team, and it was first trimester, so they say that you're okay to continue to play. So yeah. I played, and I left the soccer field, came off, and immediately just got hit with this feeling of like, okay, something is not right. Mm, really. So I went into the bathroom and felt like I was miscarrying, like showed signs of a miscarriage. Yeah. And lucky enough, my sister-in-law was on our team, and she is a nurse practitioner she was and so yeah. she came up and i because i came out just frantic i was like devin i'm miscarrying like we gotta go and she was like slow down like what's going on and she kind of just calmed me down and i'm so grateful that she was there it was a blessing in disguise For truthfully. Sure, yeah. and so we kind of wrap up and i go home and i laid in bed and i was like i am not moving like if there is any chance that i'm miscarrying i'm not moving yeah, <laughs> like I'm, no yeah. way Dang. And so I laid in bed, didn't shower, like all sweaty, just slept in my sweat. And I was like, nope. Mm-mm. So <laughs> woke up the next morning and I was like, no, something is not right. So I texted my other sister-in-law who's PA and she told me to go to the emergency room. So I did. Mm. They did. They ran every test, did everything they could. And they came back and said, I have a 50-50 chance of this pregnancy sticking ultimately. And so they, yeah. I was like, well, what can I do? And they're like, just yeah. wait. I was like, oh. are you kidding? Like, like really, that's the advice? Yeah. Uh, oh, so my gosh. I go home for the next three days because I was on a Friday. I go home. So until Monday, because I was supposed to have my eight-week appointment the following week. And so I was like, I just got to make it to that appointment. Yeah. Go home. And for the whole weekend, I was praying. I was laying up, like just not doing anything. 
and they or and then Monday I came to work because it was Wendy's birthday so I had to come to work (laughs) and (laughs) I was a mess like I was just holding it together we had nothing but cakes that put some glue like it was was helping you know and I get home and I was talking to Devin I was like I just like I I, anything I can do and so Mm -hmm. went to bed that night and I had a dream that I miscarried and I woke up and got hit with the worst pain I have ever felt and so then yeah so sure enough going to the bathroom and I had miscarried and I think like that just that whole experience is something that does not get talked about I had no idea that that's what it was like you know yeah and it was it was traumatic because it's like here you have this what was supposed to be your baby and you're just supposed to let it go yeah, you know and right yeah you don't think of that no you, no one talks about that right I, uh. so i had this like internal conflict of like what just happened like how is this i was so happy uh, 10 days yeah. ago and now i'm like the complete opposite and so i oh was a mess to say yeah. the very least and i went into like there is something wrong with me like i i brought this on i don't deserve to be a mom like i completely spiraled and um like just went into my shame cycle honestly any insecurity that i ever had Mm -hmm. came out in the worst way and but luckily working here you don't get to really like yeah you get like you can't be a hypocrite working here or else you just feel out of sorts you know so i went home one day and just like sat with myself and i was like hey i gotta we gotta change something because i'm not gonna have what i want if i'm sitting with all of this shame right yeah. so i sat in front of the mirror <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be so proud of yeah. me <laughs> <laughs> sat in front of the mirror and just told myself like no i'm capable i can do this Love that. my trials don't make me weak they make me stronger like they are a blessing in disguise like just told myself everything that i know i needed to hear and sure enough like a month later get pregnant again and i i know that's no coincidence like and so and my daughter being the dot like the amazing little girl that she is like she is i like will start crying just even talking about her she is my everything and to me like hmm, to me just looking at her like she is proof that you can't you can't have anything bad happen to you when you're believing in yourself and you're doing what you're supposed yeah, to. Wow. You make me cry. <laughs> She's, Man. Yeah. So. Yeah. She is beautiful. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you, you would for sure always love her, but it's probably even more intensified obviously mm-hmm. after what you just went through. Right. Right. And what mm-hmm. I love, and you did make my day when you said you're in front of that mirror because I, you know, people kind of poo poo it sometimes. Like, oh, <laughs> affirmations really. Right. But what I, the way I look at that yeah. and, is that, Megan is that you're challenging the darkness by bringing mm-hmm. light into your life right when you say those things and that's why it feels so awkward it's right. like okay this is weird if someone saw me doing this they're gonna think I'm crazy right but I love that you did that mm-hmm. and how that just you know maybe hopefully set the tone moving forward right. it sounds like mm-hmm. wow <laughs> yeah and that just came to my mind right then yeah. about you were challenging the darkness yeah. by bringing light mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by saying That's those things. Ex- exactly. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Dang. <laughs> well, you have this beautiful baby. Mm-hmm. Um, you're married to Devin. Uh, you yeah. guys are just awesome together. Um, you're, you. you're getting in a new place. Mm-hmm. Um, you're here at Wasatch Recovery as one of our therapists and we love you and <laughs> you do such great work here. Thank you. What, were, what are some of the biggest maybe lessons you've learned by working here at Wasatch? Just, mm-hmm. you know, because we get all kinds of 
different clients here. <laughs> <laughs> we get the right? whole, yeah, we yeah. get everybody. I, oh my goodness, I can't say how much I love working here enough. Like if anything, I just have learned how important it is to genuinely be vulnerable and show, show yeah. up as yourself. Because I think that's what we preach more than anything is that when you surrender yourself and when you are vulnerable and you are absolutely honest with who you are to your core, yeah. Like there's no shame in that. You can't you yeah. can't reject somebody being completely authentically themselves. Mm -hmm. And so Gee, if if I've learned anything, it's that every single person is worthy of being loved because they are themselves. You mm. know, it's wow. it's such a blessing to work here and get yeah. to see so many different people, but them yeah. all be worthy of the same connection as the next person. Love that. You can't reject someone who's being authentic and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. That is beautiful. You should. You know, <laughs> trademark that thing. That's beautiful. <laughs> what What have been some of the like surprises or challenges uh, that you're like, whoa, I didn't know about this or anything. Yeah. Anything surprise you or? So when I <laughs> when I first started working here, I think the thing that I had to learn the most that kind of surprised me is that like I I can be my person and have my experiences and have somebody else have a completely different experience, a different opinion, a different you know and we can still connect we can still get along i can still appreciate them as an individual yeah. and they can appreciate me yeah. i can set aside my personal beliefs my personal stances yeah. and still love them for everything that they've been through and appreciate their experience yeah. as just as valid as mine sure uh, i'm gonna ask you a really personal question and, Bring it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're a woman of faith yes how has your faith um buried you up and all of this stuff and just why is it so important to you yeah um wow that's a fun question yeah <laughs> um i think if anything it's just helped me to feel like what i'm going through has a purpose mm. i think i have been given the trials that i've been given on purpose because yeah. if i wasn't given them i would not be where i am i wouldn't be able to help people in the way that i can yeah and so it just gives me my, it's so funny when I say this because I can hear my dad in the back of my head being like, keep your blinders on. But like, it's helped me to keep my blinders on and see that there's a bigger picture other yeah. than just what is going on right now. Like there's so much more than just this moment. And I've survived yeah. my hardest days so that I can get to my best days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. It, it, it makes you realize there's a purpose behind all of this, the good and the bad, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's why faith is so powerful for, and no matter, you know, whoever's listening to this, whatever your faith may mm -hmm. be, um, but how important that can be. We see it with our, even our clients and, you know, right. a lot of them come in here going, you know, I don't believe in a higher power. Mm -hmm. And ho we hopefully, I know what I try to get them to go, hey, there should be some form of that. It's not, yeah. you don't have to go to church or anything, right? but there should be a form of, Hey, there's something bigger and greater that has a plan for you. Right. Right. And mm -hmm. you know, and I'm sure you see that with your clients too, that mm -hmm. struggle with that. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. But there's, there's <laughs> a bigger picture out there. Like life isn't just happening to you. It's happening for you. And however you want to see that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, now you're speaking my language. There. <laughs> I love that. Well, you look at your life too and everything you've been through. Mm hmm. I think that's why you're so good at what you do, because even if you go back to junior high mm -hmm. and feeling like no one liked you, yeah, because we get a lot of people here that feel like no one cares about right. them, no one, mm -hmm. everyone's, you know, written them off. Yeah. And I'm sure when they hear you, you can speak to their soul and their hearts because you know what that feels like. Mm -hmm. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Like, I think honestly, that belief of like, nobody likes me or I'm on the outside really is what like, I feel like encapsulates my 
what I was feeling at such a young age. Cause yeah. I mean, growing up in a family where I am t- 12 years behind <laughs> all my siblings, I'm kind yeah. of on the outside. Like I'm part yeah. of the family, but like I am yeah. separate also like that has always followed me. So like I look back and I see that as a pattern of like, yes, I'm part of the friend group, but I'm also on the outside of the friend group yeah. or I'm yeah. on the team, but I'm like, kind of like, just kind of yeah. followed me throughout my life of like I'm in but I'm not like there's something different about me that keeps me on the outside and I feel like having that with the clients when I have clients that are like I just don't connect with anybody I, nobody can connect with me I'm different I'm weird like I'm like yeah me too yeah. like let's be friends <laughs> we can connect you know like it's such a it's such a restricting belief when you see it that way but I've had to alter it into like no like I have something that I can offer and like yeah maybe I feel like I'm on the outside but that's me preventing myself from really connecting with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that. Um, what do you love about Devin? Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. I, you're getting me back for getting you to cry earlier. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. What don't I love about Devin would be a better question. Yeah, he, sure. he has this like light about him where he can like, he can do anything that he wants to do. He, gosh dang it Todd like (laughs) sorry (laughs) um he oh okay hold on he came into my life exactly when I needed him the most um and he has continued to be like my point person through all the other trials that I've gone through like our miscarriage I cannot imagine going through that with anyone other than him like he has bared me up during my darkest of times yeah um and he i can honestly say he knows every single thing about me that nobody else knows like my deepest darkest secrets my insecurities like everything and he loves me still yeah (laughs) and he is like that with every single person i've ever seen him meet like he does not have a bad thing to say about anyone he keeps me humble he Uh keeps me honest like (laughs) he's just very He's one of a kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Beautiful, beautifully said. <laughs> Shout out to Devin. Yeah. You're yeah. the best. <laughs> yes. That's so cool. Well, you guys are a fantastic couple. You can just tell that you guys are so in love. Yeah. And I'm sure he probably says the same exact things about we hope you. So. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Yeah. I'm sure he does. But you have a beautiful family and it's just good. Like I said at the beginning, I love the way you carry yourself. Thank you. Um, you do bring a really beautiful light to this place at Wasatch. We talk about it all the time when you're not around. <laughs> and that tells you that we really do like you Thank because you. that's your name is safe when you're not here. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know that. Like, we, uh, why are we crying? Why what are the we, what is, what is in the air in this room, Jeez, Todd? Goodness. What the heck's going on? <laughs> but you really are. You're just, it's, it's awesome to have you here. And I just love... I, you know, the, every client that I'm working with who you mm-hmm. happen to be their therapist as well, you know, we, we kind of tag team yeah. a little bit. <laughs> they just can't say enough. It's, no. I've never heard a negative like, oh, she doesn't know this or that. It's always <laughs> just like, oh, no, she's fantastic. She's perfect oh. for me. So I just, yeah, I hope you no, know that. Yeah, that means the world to me to hear. Thank you. Yeah, you betcha. So um, what do you love most about you? okay waterworks central over here um (laughs) love most about me yeah i love that i know that i can get through hard things i know that i have worked really hard to be where i am yeah and that i've earned my spot and where i'm at for sure i have gone through my fair share of battles 
by myself with people around me and I have truly like battled to be where I'm at. And I love that I love serving people. Yeah. Like more than anything, like that is, that is what I think is the best part of me is that I love people and I love them as they are, whoever they are, however they choose to show up. Like I already love them. Yeah. And the more I get to know them, the more I love them even more. (laughs) So it's, I think that that's the best part of me is that I just have this enduring and truly unconditional love for the people around me and the people I get to meet every day. Yeah. And the proof is is that girl you helped in junior high that was struggling that you (laughs) wanted to help out. That's, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's you. That really is truly you. Um, And uh, yeah, beautifully said. I love it. Yeah. If there's someone listening to your voice right now, Mm -hmm. that's just in a dark place, they're struggling they're not, not quite sure what to do with their life or yeah. they just need some kind of a push in the right direction. What would you tell them? Oh, I would tell them that you have survived your hardest days so far. And so there's more evidence to show that you can survive what you're going through now than mm. there is to show that you can't. Mm. That you are more than capable of getting through this battle, this trial, whatever it is, then there, like you can do it, honestly. Like more than like if you can just believe that you can do it you can do it um i wish that i had somebody to tell me that when i was in my darkest of time and so i say that to my clients all the time that there is proof that you can get through this because you've already gotten through all of your hardest days yeah you know so what's so different about this one like all you have to do is keep showing up for, for yourself and you can do it honestly like that's you have yourself and sometimes that sounds so lonely but yeah. if you can show up for yourself you have everyone that you need mm. wow very good advice i think that's beautifully said honestly <laughs> mic drop mic drop <laughs> yes you know well um you you like we said you're a counsel- you're a therapist up mm-hmm. here at wasatch recovery you're, you're going to soon be doing a private practice right yes which is really cool mm-hmm. um so you know everyone get in line yeah <laughs> <laughs> right. Line up. Uh-huh. Um, if someone wants to reach out to you and uh, you know ask you a question about right. this podcast, even mm-hmm. or have you know they need help or they have a a daughter who's struggling with their body image mm-hmm. or whatever, what would be the best way for them to reach out to you? Um, you can reach out to me through email. So my email right now is Megs M E G S S M A R T. So Megs Smart One Two at Gmail dot com. <laughs> Or I have just started my therapy Instagram. So it's oh, underscore cool. Megan's Corner. M-E-G-A-N-S-C-O-R-N-E-R. Megan's Corner. Love it. Mm-hmm. I got to follow that today. <laughs> Heck yeah. It's, it's just, it's fresh and new, sure. but it's, that's where I will likely be like getting my yeah. clients from when I do start taking clients, which yes. will be soon, but yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that. And I encourage anyone listening to this right now who, if you have a daughter and or a son, but uh, you know, um, that's struggling with body image issues or any, any other issue, reach out to her and get on, get on the waiting list, I guess, but she'll be doing that soon. <laughs> yes. That'll be fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. any other things you'd like to end with or to share with us before we wrap this up? Oh, it's been wonderful. I'll get you back. Todd, what's your favorite thing about yourself? <laughs> oh, are you serious? <laughs> this isn't about me. Oh, uh, well. I love that I love to help others as well. I, I do. I, that's, I think that's one of my best qualities. Mm-hmm. And that's really why I do this belief cast mm-hmm. is that because I know it's going to help people. Right. And that brings me such satisfaction. So, yeah, I, 
and I'm grateful because I used to be, you know, years ago, a drug addict. And when you're an addict, you become so self-centered and Mm -hmm. selfish. And and that is such a dark and ugly place to be. So to be on the other side of that and wanting to help others, I'm not perfect at it by any stretch, but I I do love helping others. So Mm -hmm. I'd say that's probably the best thing. That's why we get along, you yes, know? <laughs> yeah, probably. No, Todd, I think the world of you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That means a lot. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go, guys. Uh, Megan Smart, Ralph. Uh, she's an amazing person, as you can, you know, attest to for what she just said and how she carries herself. We love having her at Wasatch. I love being uh, a coworker with her and, and just seeing her just doing all these great things with herself. It's <laughs> awesome. And I'm so happy for you and your family and Thank Devin. Thank you. Thank Devin you. got a good shout out today. Yeah. And your beautiful daughter. <laughs> so yeah, you guys are great. Um, so I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us today. It was Absolutely. so awesome. Thanks Seriously. for letting me be here and share my thoughts. Yeah. I mean, this is why I love this. I mean, I feel like edified right now. It's yeah. just amazing. So mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you. I yeah. feel like I can go, you know, <laughs> run a marathon right now. I know. Mm-hmm. It feels so good. Uh, so, hey, if, if you have a family member or a daughter or a son that's struggling, give them a link to this episode, and mm-hmm. it's a great way to break the ice. Mm-hmm. And you can always follow back up with them. Hey, what would you think of Megan's, you know, belief cast? And, mm-hmm. and it can open up a conversation if you're worried about doing that. And Absolutely. It would be really helpful. So please do that. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I love you guys for tuning in week after week. I told you this was going to be great. And please reach out to Megan with any questions. Um, You can reach out to me and I can obviously forward it to her as well. But uh, thank you for everything. And the sponsors, thank you for supporting me. So, Megan, you're the best. You're the best, Todd. Thank you. (laughs) Until next time, everyone. Take care.